Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy. And this podcast, we just watched a really incredible show on Netflix uh, called The Social Dilemma. Right. According to Netflix, this documentary drama hybrid explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. It really is incredible. It's like a Frankenstein, like a technological Frankenstein that they've unleashed on the world. It's not just a particular part of the world. It's the entire world. And it has implications in all of our lives. And I swear to God, as soon as I finished watching it, I wanted to delete my Facebook. I think we should talk about that. Yes. <laughs> Among other things. We have lots of things yeah. to touch on with this. We, it's crazy. I think it really it got us thinking about... Well, I think most families have conversations around social media and, you know, if you have children and, and how to monitor that and, you know, what's, a, what's an appropriate level. And then we, I think as... Even as adults, we wonder how much time we're spending on on technology and mm-hmm. and uh, you know whether we're wasting our time and and how to you know do something that's like uh, how to monitor that so that it's at a healthy level. So I think this documentary really got we got Jeff and I talking. So we wanted to do a podcast episode, and we're going to be a little bit all over the map here. We will be all about, over the map as usual. As usual. But there are a lot of things to unpack in this documentary, and I highly recommend uh, everyone watch it. Even if you are a diehard social media person like many millions of people, trillions of people in the United States and Canada and all over the world. But you, you, may, not, you may not like end your, your social media journey, but at least it's good to be aware of what it is that these corporations are doing. I think that, that's really us. well put because I think you and I often have this discussion and I'm often on the side of, you know, this is a part of life. This is a part of our, our culture. Uh, yeah. You know, our our son Huxley is going to grow up uh, in this, in this you know, climate of in, intense social media. So rather than trying mm-hmm. to cut him off from it, it's a matter of, you know, making sure that we introduce it in a healthy way and set parameters and, and controls yeah. and make sure that he has an understanding of it. And uh, it's kind of, I kind of think of it like sugar, right? Yeah. We don't really have, in our household anyway, we don't really have any forbidden foods. We don't want to create that, you know, uh, cutoff of right. there's certain things that you just, well, I guess crack. If he brought crack yeah, into no the house, crack. there would We're be cut off there. House. Yeah, hard line on the no crack. crack. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, but I, you know, we there are certain things that just exist in society, and we have to learn to coexist with them. and And how do we consume those things, whether they're social media or sugar or whatever it may be? How do we do that in a healthy way? So it's interesting that uh, Jeff put this documentary on, and our son Huxley was playing his Nintendo Switch. Yeah, um, he was, and he actually immediately. Put it Turn, down. He put it down and, and started, started watching, watching the documentary with us. He was really intrigued. Now, 
just a little bit of a warning. I think it's definitely a good documentary to watch with your kids, but uh, there are some parts that he ended up watching just the first half with us. And yeah. I think it does, there's some dark parts and some images that are a bit violent near mm-hmm. the end. So you may want to pre-watch it depending yeah. on the age, you know, of your children to determine whether or not it's appropriate for them. Yeah. One of the things that I found fascinating, and I don't think this is really giving anything away about the documentary in general, but a lot of these CEOs and these architects of the technological wizardry behind Google and Facebook, they won't let their parents or their kids rather what or and maybe not their parents be, be on <laughs> social media. Right. They, and they right. talked about some rules and we'll cover that too. There's some mm. that, you know, yeah. if they do have their, their kids are using social media, they do set up some, some rules and limitations. Yeah. So what's great about this documentary is it's uh, a series of, well, there is a you know a, a drama component where they do have some actors, uh, you know. Yeah, I like, living, I like living, that living it, it out. And it kind of takes the the everyday family and how tech technology like and social media uh, affects them and how how it controls their lives. Really. Well, and I think that you know they personify AI with yeah. with actors, and I think looking at that you know artificial intelligence as these actual people making yeah. decisions for you. Uh, probably makes the content a little bit more interesting. It could probably be dry content otherwise. So I think the format, even though at first I was kind of like, I'm, I when I see a documentary, I like it to be strictly. I'm one of those people. It's like, is it a documentary? Is it drama? I want it oh, to be yeah. pure. But I think it, the format they chose works. And I the, thought it worked as well. Yeah. And they had the people around the table that they needed to have. They had the you know the, the founder of uh, virtual reality. They had yeah. some of the you know the people who were early on involved in uh, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, Instagram Pinterest, Twitter. Yeah. You know all the heavy hitters yeah. who uh, you know and some of those who had actually helped design the AI around what, you know, and, and so we're then, um, looking at what the consequences of their own inventions are and, and trying to sound the alarm a bit on, on what, you know, what can happen. And I do believe that there is an alarm to be sounded. There's a lot of manipulation going on and you know, again, without giving too much away, because I don't want people to watch this documentary, but like, the data mining that goes on for each individual as far as like push notifications and like, oh, watch this video next and stuff like that. None of that is by accident. All of that is preconceived by huge corporations for us to take it in hook, line, sinker and make these large corporations money in which they have no responsibility for what it is that they do to people, how they influence people and stuff, you know? It's and really think, fascinating. I think one of the big takeaways from the documentary is, you know, the need for legislation, regulation around around the industry, around mm-hmm. social media. Um, that, was, that was definitely the takeaway point, wasn't it? That was like, everybody was like, okay, if, you, if people think that large corporations are going to be able to fix this when it does eventually run out of like just run out of control, like when, you know, uh, they're wrong because they're not equipped to do that, you know? Well, it's earlier today, uh, Hux and I were at a shoe store and we were standing in line. Mm -hmm. And when we were standing in line and and of course with the, uh, with the pandemic going on, everybody's social distance. So we're standing on our our social distancing dot (laughs) to make sure we are six feet away from the people in front ahead of us. And we were lined up with uh, a little display of silly putty. 
and that caught Hux's eye and he asked what it was and I I said you know I explained briefly what Silly Putty was but then I got into a bit of a discussion about the fact that I said isn't it interesting that they have this display of things that kids like in Mm. the middle of a shoe store I mean it was completely out of place but I said you know you know, Hux, did you notice where it's at? And he's like, well, yeah, we're, you know, because we're standing in line, we're right beside it. And I said, well, that's not accidental. That's what they do. They plan, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all part of advertising, marketing. It's all about positioning. And I think that in talking to him about this, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm quite aware of all these marketing strategies and, and, you know, and I won't be fooled by them. But then when I watched this documentary, it all fooled. Well, it's, you know, I, I think most of us are, uh, yeah, I think mo- most all of us are aware of the, the data mining that goes on. But the idea of what happens that we're not aw- even aware of, I think to me, it's that's frightening. Know. It's important to know, though, I feel. Because if you don't know that this is happening to you, you can't stop it. And so, or, or like fight against it. I don't think you could ever be able to stop it. These companies are way too powerful. For us to just basically stop. But they did have some of the, you know, some of the experts gave at the end. Uh, so if you are watching the documentary, make sure you watch the little yeah. bits with the credits. It's just like I always watch that when they have a movie and they have the bloopers at the end. That's always my favorite part. Yeah. So I, I tend to stick around for the credits. But this actually has some little more candid conversations with those who are interviewed throughout the documentary giving tips. And one of the tips is, you know, don't necessarily don't go for the clickbait. If yeah. YouTube is recommending the next video, don't click that. Go to something else. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't necessarily just follow people on Twitter who you agree with. Follow some people who you disagree with so that you're exposed to right. other content and other ideas yeah. uh, that may not fit into the algorithm of, of what your typical pattern may be. One of my favorite uh, pieces of, dev- of advice uh, at the end, I guess we're kind of, so there's well, there's kind of spoilers in this, Well, there's but that's spoiler, okay, But you but know what? This, there's so much content in this documentary that even though we're going to give you some, we're going to talk on a lot of specific points in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's still worth watching because it's a lot of it was probably beyond, way above our yeah. heads in terms of what what the experts were diving into, and, and oh, so yeah. what we pulled from it may be different than what you pull from it, what That's you right. focus on. So yeah. I'm not worried too much around the spoilers. I think it's still, and it's 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 only an hour and a half uh, running time to watch the documentary, so it, you can get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, it was. Uh, but the, the thing that I took away was, uh, you know, just just delete it. And because there's a huge world out there that people aren't really paying attention to as much as they should. And sometimes people aren't really paying attention to their loved ones, people in their lives, because they're so Im- immensely, like, ad- you know, addicted to social media. Like, there's that dopamine uh, aspect of social media, right? Especially like something like likes on Facebook or, or uh in Instagram, like likes and stuff, it's just like people really get a charge and they need to have that, that reassurance that they're living their lives properly. But the, 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 the flip side of all of that is when they don't get it, what happens? It's loneliness, right? There's well, they yes. get lonely. They don't feel like they're adequate. There was an alarming statistic. The, the thing that probably was the most depressing I found, they talked about the fact that 
Gen Z, which they defined, and I know there's different def- definitions depending on where you look, but in this documentary, they defined Gen Z is anybody being born in 1996 or beyond. And what they found, I guess, unique around that generation is they are the first generation to be exposed to social media as early as middle school. Right. And uh, as a result, once uh, social media and uh, internet and, and just basically all that content became available very you know mainstream on mobile devices, and I think they quote around 2011 to 2013 timeframe when that really skyrocketed in terms of accessibility, they also saw an astronomical increase in the statistics for hospitalization related yes. to self-harm yes. and also suicide rates yes. uh, among that same middle school population. Yes. And which suicide rates, they said, were virtually you know, non-existent or very, very low prior to that. And then all of a sudden it was a hundred and something percent increase. Um, and I think it was a 70% increase in self-harm. Is, and and they, they I mean they talk about the fact that it's it's all the idea of the comparisons right the the uh, like you said the you know trying to get that the the, the likes on Facebook and yeah. and uh, you know the need to use filters and and there's a lot there's a lot of uh, cyberbullying and all that that piece there's a of lot it. of pressure to live up to this and live up to that on social media especially for the younger generations but like I mean if you look at there are people who make their entire lives out of, you know, manipulating people to buy things on social media, influencers and whatnot, you know, they just, they live their lives to do that. And I, I remember seeing like a story or a documentary about an influencer who it really, it really brought them down. They realized that their life, their, that their life was like hollow and not, didn't have any substance. And I find social media can do that if you really... If you believe everything that you see and you, you know, you're, you're, you're taken in by all the advertisers and stuff, it's, it doesn't seem like a very, you know, positive, happy place to be or, you know what I mean? Right. But there's the flip side to that. And I'll go back to the piece when you talked about, you know, they said one of the solutions is to delete. And Mm -hmm. I'm not of that mindset because I feel that social media does also so much good. Oh, yeah. They, they spoke I, about that. I think about the isolation that people went through during the current or that are that people are continuing to go through during the, uh, the pandemic yeah. and people who've had to self-isolate and how all of a sudden social media became a crucial way for us to stay connected. And But it's not it's, it's, it's not the, the the one and only way to stay connected during a pandemic. Like you could pick up the phone or you know what I mean? You don't like I just mean you could you could delete Facebook and still uh, connect with people during a pandemic, I feel. Oh, definitely. But it's a lot easier. You could even to, write them a letter you and could send it in the mail. mail. You could do that, yeah. And wait for it to get there and then yeah. assuming that the uh, post office was yeah. running and a... Well, that's what we would. That's what we did before social media and whatever, but you know. But the thing is, is that I think society has moved towards making use of social media as their main platform for whether they're doing, I mean, you and I, when we had our wedding, a Facebook group was how we did our Facebook invites, right? Uh, We did a few traditional invitations, I think, for grandparents and, and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But it was really all done through a Facebook group. But Facebook really and social media only replace uh, methods to communicate that are already still that are still there. You know what I mean? 
They're there, Facebook. but if if, the, if society as a whole isn't is making use of a certain platform, and you cut yourself off from that, then but you cut yourself so off. But because so many people are connection. making connections and, and using social media, it makes it easier for them to manipulate us en masse. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a double-edged sword. I I agree. Listen, I'm not disagreeing. I dis. I I mean, I agree that. There are definite positive aspects of Facebook. Okay, let, let's for the sake of talking, I have a question for you. If you had to talk, come up with a top three reasons, like the top three reasons to delete Facebook, what would they be for you? Like, you know, what things do you well, find Well, I want to talk about some harmful? of the... Well, I can give you some positive things. Okay, what are some positive things? Well, the, the recent GoFundMe campaign that you yeah. you uh, organized, you know, yeah. having a, the, those types of charitable fundraisers, they... They, the reason they're so successful is through social media. Absolutely. Right? There's um, no question. That election that's... platforms. Uh, most, uh, in terms of like the pandemic, we're not getting to meet, you know, our, yeah. our candidates. We have a, we're, we, we proudly host our podcast out of St. John, New Brunswick in Canada. And we actually have a provincial election coming up uh, on September 14th here. And it's unique because we're in a pandemic. So you don't get that door-to-door campaigning or, mm-hmm. um, you know, debate platforms that you might have so using uh, social media and those types of things are the ways that you educate yourself on what the platforms are for the various parties and and that helps determine how you're going to vote yeah um getting information around the pandemic you know safety precautions um you know current uh cases in in within your region that you need to be aware of whether um contact tracing all of those things are, you know, made possible through, or not made possible, but definitely facilitated with social media. I feel like all of those things that you mentioned are possible without social media, though, as well. Because we had elections before social media, and the message got out, you know. But you're right, the message gets out even on a more grander scale when it comes... That, that I think, is the problem with social media. Things, whether it's positive or negative information gets disseminated like in like like just unbelievable amounts of like you know hits and likes and you know comments and stuff you know what i mean i'll go back to answering your question you said three reasons why i would delete social media yeah why why would you yeah well hmm is one is let's just just for the sake of talking like is one of them because it's a time waster does it take a lot of time sure i don't of your day? i i i'm sure i as most people i grossly underestimate the amount of time i spend on social media but i don't feel it's i i spend you know more time than the average bear on social media yeah. so for me i mean i tend to use it to promote our podcast Absolutely. So those, that's uh, another positive. I mean, that's investment. probably one of the main ways. We don't make money on our podcast no. either. So we but just do it as a hobby. So social media is just the way that yeah. we share, you know, the actual podcast. Yeah. Um, still not really getting to the delete, but that's okay. okay. So maybe that's time, okay. maybe time waster. Yeah, maybe that I, I feel it. I feel it. But I feel it's important to stay up to date because time. because we have uh, you know a, a child who's going to be growing up. In this age, I want to be aware of what the different apps are, and mm-hmm. and uh, so to me, being involved in social media gives me a, uh, an awareness that can help me with figuring out what controls need to be in place. Right. Still not getting to the reasons to delete, I guess. Um, That's okay. 
I mean, a lot. I, I mean, I think I think another reason is that people were like, "Well, I have too many photos on there that I want to keep." Like that's one. That's a huge one. Well, yeah, like, you know, you're right. I mean, Facebook is a huge storage uh, uh, album for for that. I mean, there are other methods, but yeah, I think probably a ton of people. I know I do. I love creating albums of our vacations to go back to on Facebook, and I use that as my yeah. storage system. And yeah, now when you say delete though social media, mm-hmm. I mean we're still going to access the internet. So even if we're not going on a social media platform, mm-hmm. when we're going into Google and we're doing searches, we're still providing the same data and still receiving the yeah. same types of prompts. They talk about on the documentary autofills and yeah. how that can be, you how know, that can change by region, by like region and by what your interests that you've shown have been. So mm-hmm. even that can influence, you know, influence how, how you do things, how you yeah. go about uh, surfing the internet. So when you think about deleting social media, do you think, well, would I cut myself off from the internet? I and honestly, the answer has to be no. When, I think about it all the time. I think about just deleting Facebook altogether and just somehow trying to back up all my photos and my videos and stuff so that I have those memories and, you know, but then the next thought, right? Your next thought is, oh, I would miss out on so much. Well, we have it's family like that lives fear away. Fear of missing out, right? We have family that lives away and that's one of like yeah. to see the pictures. I mean, certainly you can, you can pick up the phone and call somebody, but to see all those back to school pictures, right? Instantly on the day that on the moment you post it, somebody's new, you know, has a new baby born and you get to see that somebody Mm. passes away and there's an obituary. So then, you know, when you are able to, you know, send out because people aren't reading the newspaper, all that information though, too, and just to be play devil's advocate, like we could find out before Facebook, like, you know, we could find out when somebody passed away, we could find out. I mean, it's all different. We could when everybody else was doing that way, but the world, Mm isn't sharing information in that way anymore. No. So we need to, you know, unless the entire, unless everybody agrees to yeah. go back to a certain way. Yeah. And I mean, it's difficult. You have like well, tsunami warnings, for yeah. instance, how instantaneous is that? If there's an active shooter in an area, you mm-hmm. know, that's spread through social media. Yeah. So there are so many benefits to it that I don't think we can ever, we, we know we can never go back. So if the rest of the mm. world is sharing information that way and we choose to cut ourselves off from that, mm. we're not going to access information in any other platform. Yeah. The, 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 one of the most difficult things that I found about social media in so far as that documentary is how easy it is to find people in both positive and negative aspects of like, let's just say a political faction. If you are extreme right and you have like you know you're against vaccinations well you can find groups where you can go on and find thousands of people who agree with everything that you agree with with that and make uh you know friends with them and then make you know like they they basically said it's like a it could be a precursor to a civil war because it's so easy to get polarized find to find people who agree with what you do and if it's a negative if it's like right wing and like you know nationalists and stuff it's just it's really really dangerous do you mean the whole discussion around they touch on you know the definition of truth and you need to agree on what is truth Mm. and the fact that if you are for instance um, somebody who believes strongly in conspiracy theories uh, if you're an anti-vaxxer, if you, you know, believe in the 5G 
mm. <laughs> you know, uh, conspiracy theory around coronavirus, that all of a sudden you will be served up more articles, more groups, more information and videos that yes. basically support your beliefs. So it just, it reinforces Or don't at all, it. and it's fake news. Like, it, fake news. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, I, I guess when I, I, that you perceive to yeah. support your beliefs is yeah. what, how I should say that. Yeah. And so then, even though, I, what I found fascinating is that each person has a different experience on their social media platform. So when you log on to Facebook, your newsfeed and your ads, or if you're on YouTube, what's what's served to you is different than what's served to me. Absolutely. So your beliefs are reinforced. So everything that you've yeah. searched and everything is all of a sudden reinforced by all the content you're consuming. Yes. And everything that I've searched and you know has it, it, it has basically dictated what my beliefs will be. Yeah. And is then reinforced on my end. So all of a sudden you're, you become more polarized. It, it just ingrains whatever sets of beliefs you have yeah. uh, even further. So I found that, you know, that piece of it, when we talk about being aware of data mining and, you yeah. know, that a lot of, you know, we're, I think all of us are aware that we're, we're mined for data when we're, we're seeing these ads that come up. Oh, I was just surf, searching for my vacation and all of a sudden I'm getting, yeah. you know, ads for that, for that hotel. Um, and so we're, we're aware of those pieces, but it's the subtle things. Like when I they know. talk about when you're texting with somebody and when the person starts to type back and those little bubbles appear, the three dots. That's all designed and they're, to and keep they're sort you. of And then all of a sudden you're watching and you're yeah. like, okay, they're typing. I'm going, I'm going to keep paying attention. And yeah. then they stop. And then what goes through your mind? Oh, why did they stop? Were yeah. they distracted? Are yeah. they thinking about it? Did they erase what they wrote? Did I say something that upset them and they have to really think about what the reply is? Which like, is keeping you there. All right? of these things happen Paying attention. because they decided to put up three dots that gave you feedback that that person was actually typing back to you. Mm -hmm. So those types of little subtle mind Jedi tricks that they do and the fact that they use Manipulations, these human really. psychology to really yeah. you know, draw you in. And the dangerous part about all of it is it's, it's, uh, it's not being monitored you know the government is just letting these corporations kind of run their own course but they, they truly are manipulating people you know and isn't and that the scariest kind of, thing of all like i i thought we, the thing that we'd have to be worried about with you know kids growing up is their access to porn on the internet yeah when really that's probably the, the, least, the least of the of worries. worries right yeah, you know? I know when you think about the fact that you've got white supremacist groups recruiting or isis yeah. or um conspiracy theorists all of these things that are yeah. are basically you know there you know, waiting, waiting yeah. for waiting for, for someone for to, young minds to come through and and you know to take advantage. And I I feel that the whole social media experiment is just that it's an experiment and it's in its infancy. So it's only going to get worse as far as data mining. I feel it's only going to get more um, substantial in its scope. It, it's going to be. It's it's just it's going to be really interesting to see and scary. It really is scary to me. Well, the ability but. to influence, I think, you know, to use the data, you know, not even it's not what doesn't frighten me is that I might go and buy, you know, another Subaru Forester because I, you know, I search something on the Internet and, and they yeah. serve me up an ad. What frightens me is that they are influencing 
entire elections yeah. in you know in 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 countries uh, that they are in you know they use they use example of Myanmar and and yeah. you know and they're facilitating and, the Russians like they're making it easy for the Russians to hijack democracy in a country that isn't even theirs. That's that's pretty scary. Well, and not just that's Russia. Like I mean, they use they use a lot of a lot of different examples, right? Whether, that's technological uh, warfare at its finest, and I mean, it's being fought, maybe, but not really, not having much. Like they're doing it now, and they did it in 2016 as well. So I love the idea they thought about, um, you know, the idea of taxing data. So yeah, I mean, I think. Is, what they came down to what it came down to is the almighty dollar so yeah. what where is the incentive for all of these tech companies to really you know come claw back a little bit on what on what they're doing uh not claw back but you know like to, to basically be a little bit more um use a more use a moral compass and and regulate yeah. what they're doing instead of focusing on how what they can do to attract advertisers or basically make money and so I know one suggestion was maybe to if if people were actually taxing these companies based on the amount of data that they mine. So the same way that, you know, you're taxed for your water. So if your water is metered, you're taxed by your water usage. Mm -hmm. So if you charged a company based on how much data they actually pulled from their consumers or from their users, yeah. Then people, you know, companies may be a little bit you know, data, reluctant to take data that wasn't that, absolutely that necessary. That data is sold as well, right, to these companies. Well, that's and why it's could, money for you them. You could tax right. that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So the tax, I mean, so there would be a control to say, listen, you don't need to take all of the data. When and comes, in fact, if you take more than what you need, we're going to yeah. tax accordingly. So there will be repercussions for yeah. that. When it comes to social media, you know, for the sake of talking, what is the what is the opportune time age rather for a child to be on it so one of the recommendations that one the experts give near the end is around um just basically they're saying he had three rules he said no social media until high school have a cutoff time before bedtime so Mm -hmm. it's time for them to decompress and talk about time limits around screen time well i think that i think it's it's obvious that there's a lot to unpack with this documentary and i think people should watch it the social dilemma it's on netflix i'm not sure if it's a you know a temporary thing like i don't know how long it's gonna be there but check it out before it's gone yeah you hopefully you enjoyed it obviously we're passionate about it so we'd love to hear what you think on social media yeah <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> the, the irony is not lost on us believe us okay thanks for listening everybody <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till next time. time.